There are three steps to a nutritious home-cooked meal from Dinner Affair. Select your menu items, choose your delivery date, enjoy your delicious dinner. It's that simple. Choose any combination of chef-created dinners, 15 new selections every month. What's inside your delivery? A simple recipe card. They've already done all the chopping for you. Ingredients to prepare the dinner that you've ordered separated in bags. So you can add what you want and leave out what your kids don't want. Use the brown paper wrapping as a cooking mat. Wrap it up. Toss it in the recycling bin. All packaging is 100% recyclable. A delicious and easy dinner. Family time and getting back to the dinner table with healthy food you and your kids love. Dinneraffair.com. $30 off using the promo code CADDY with your first order. Dinneraffair.com. Hey, guys. This is Laura and Jason Jessup in Milton, Georgia. Hey, guys. Oh. Sorry, just eating some banana bread that Laura was baking here for me. Go ahead. (laughs) I met Donna several years ago when she was working at Atlanta Magazine, and we were having some fun raising money for different animal charities in the city. And I have really enjoyed getting to know Caddy and Donna as a couple while they are raising their teenagers and fat dogs. We do identify. Yeah, I've really enjoyed hearing the stories about your speeding tickets, Caddy, but I got a question as to whether or not you've ever... uh, Run from the cops, because that's where the real action's at. I'll uh, tell you that story next time we get together here. Anyway, we would love to introduce Donna and Caddy and their second act. Hey, y'all, listen to this. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years until July 2019. Welcome to my second act. My name's Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife. Donna. Hello. Um, I, I need a little advice from you on my emails. You know, you were talking last week about how, or in another pod where you were saying, I'm okay, I'm not going to quantify what I'm doing anymore. You know, I'm not going to put that disclaimer on there that just assume the sale, but assume the sale. I'm wearing my mask, social, I'm social distancing, yeah. doing all yeah. the yeah, things, yeah, yeah. all the things. Well, here's my thing. So I'm sending emails for work. And, you know, when this first started, you would start every email with, I hope you're safe and healthy. We're beyond that. Okay. So I don't have to say that anymore. No. Because that's the thing. When I'm sending emails, I'm starting. I'm, now I've kind of said, I hope you are well. No. Move that to the bottom. Well, but okay. That's where it gets tricky. So you have to start it with. Your pitch. Okay. And then you have to end with, I hope you're safe and well. But then what happens is. Yes, we need money. Well, that. But then you get in this email cycle where say they email you back and then you have to email them back. And then each time are you saying like, instead of like, you know, normally you would say like, have a great week or I look forward to hearing from you. You have, do you have to say again, like stay safe? No. Keep staying safe. Have a great week. Have a great week. Have a stay great week. safe. Enjoy your weekend. Keep staying safe. Let's work together. Wear your mask. What's your card number? <laughs> we'll do that on What's your three digit code? No, I think that, no. In the beginning, I think you were right to do that, but. Well, you had to, you have to, I mean, and you genuinely do care about your clients and things, but yeah, I'm just wondering like, what's the expiration date on starting it's, it's every email? It's with? spoiled. Okay. That's spoiled. Or that's if, not the lead. The lead is here's what I'm going to offer you. But I wonder if it matters if you're price. emailing to a heavily COVID area. Like if I'm emailing someone no, in New York. No, I'm they, don't over, want, they don't want that. I'm overthinking it. Yeah. Okay. Use it as a close. Stay well. Be healthy. Wash your hands. Donna. Yeah, that's it. In and out. Okay. In and out. Thank you. See, I knew I could I'm rely here. on you. I'm here. I'm I here. I knew I could rely on you. Okay, what was your Core 57 hype song? 
Pour Some Sugar on Me. Oh, I love that Death, one. Death, Leopard, Hysteria yes. was the album. Yes. Think I'm of all the times that you had your legs up in the back of a Buick. Okay. Listen. Well, I'm not talking to you specifically. I'm talking to anybody listening right now. That lived that moment. Come on, pour some sugar on me, Def Leppard. Your windows are all fogged up. Okay. Hot. Maybe not. Okay. What was your hype song on the way here today? I do love some Def Leppard. That's yeah. definitely some well, hair the, swinging the, the music. The Hysteria album. The whole was, thing. I mean, it's just a period of your life that you would relive in a moment. Yeah, they're or bad. I would. They are badass. Um, my song was <laughs> Counting Crows. Okay. Ranking. Never heard of it. Talk oh to me. my gosh. It was, I don't think it was on the first album. I think it was on the second album. And um I I I was and I am such a huge Counting Crows fan. It just sort of reminds me of different, again, we say this all the time, just different periods in my life. At that point, I was living in Maine when the Counting Crows first came out. Well, actually I was yeah, I was living in Maine for the first album. And then the second album I was back in Atlanta. But I just remember all of that time period. And I was working for a record distribution company at the time. And the Counting Crows came through. And I cannot remember where they played. I do. They played at Chastain. And then we all went to the Claremont afterwards. Yeah. I've heard the story before. Us and the band. And it was the first time I'd ever been to the Claremont. And I was like, what on earth? Because all of the bands that used to come through the city would always want to go to the Claremont Lounge. And they still do. Yeah. Yep. Madonna, Madonna's been at the Claremont. I know. Katy Perry. It was good times. Yeah. So, Counting Crows, Rain King. We and will add them. What, what were some of their other big hits? Mr. Jones. Yes. Um. Oh, there's a million. Okay. Million, All right. Million. We'll add those songs. Those that 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 uh, double take. Of pour some sugar on me. And an unknown <laughs> Black Crows album cut. It's not Black Crows. It's. <laughs> No, not the black, not the black crows. The counting crows. Yeah, yeah. You when you hear anybody who's a counting crows fan knows ranking. To the core fifty seven, Caddy and Donna hype song Spotify playlist. You know, I do love some black crows too. Yeah, I'm going to add those later. Yeah, core fifty seven, Milton and Alpharetta City Center. The Alpharetta City Center location has now reopened. You now have your own private station to complete exercises, book your workout time in advance online. Core fifty seven. Downtown at Alpharetta City Center. We wanted to share some behind-the-scenes stories about memorable promotions with the radio stations through the years and kind of give you a behind-the-scenes look at how they were pieced together, how they came about, how were they executed, and mistakes that were made. <laughs> well, we, we've laughed. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share a story in this segment. Hmm. That I probably shouldn't about a truck giveaway. Mm. Well, but we're going to start with two eighty five roulette. Let's start with two eighty five roulette. But let's start a little bit even before that. We were talking about promotions in in today's radio world and how they have to be so vetted out through the promotions department. A lot of times they have to go through legal. Um, to, well, all the time now, they you know, the but, rules have to be posted on the website. Everything. Sometimes they're national contests. There's very, they're, they're always very, very, very few local contests. When you hear a radio station doing something like, "We want to pay your bills for a month," we want to whatever. You'll quickly hear them say, this "Text is, a national keyword." 
Yeah. Texas national keyword. Or this is a pay national contest. To, right. Because they have to, they have, there have been lawsuits filed in the past about that. Yeah. They have to disclose that this is not. So your chances obviously are slim to none. Right. Um, but back in the good old days of radio, if we could dream it, we could do it. And the, the only rule to a promotions contest, and you have to remember I was in sales for 20 something years and worked at the radio station and, and you were on the programming side. And the, and the only rule for a promotion was you had to have a sponsor. You had to have money. You know, you could come up with the craziest idea in the world that nowadays people would say like, that's never going to work. We're not gonna be able to do it. But back then, as long as you had a sponsor and you had someone willing to underwrite it or sponsor it, it was a good opportunity that that was going to happen. So, well, there's also like at golf tournaments, there was a, you know, million dollar hole in one on yes. the 18th hole. Those type contests were insured. Right. Meaning that the radio station or the the client, the company or the client didn't have to pay a million dollars. They just the bought odd, an insurance The odds policy. of you making that shot are slim to none. And so the insurance company basically pulls, draws out a policy. Yeah. And we did a ton of those at the Rebarb because Rebarb used to do the golf tournament for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And he would always have different artists in to, you know, play at the, the at the event. And we would sell those hole-in-one sponsorships to clients. And they got signage out on the holes. They still do them. They don't do those as much anymore. They used to be really, really popular. I'll tell you another one about money and insurance policies. Back in when Dallas was on Y106, probably in middays, during the workday from 10 to 3, we were doing a million. It was a birthday game, if I recall. Yes. And and so if your month matched, you were the tenth caller. You got a thousand dollars. If you were tenth caller and your month and your day matched, you got ten thousand dollars. But if all three month, day, year matched, you got a million dollars. And Dallas actually gave away a million dollars. And wasn't to it, a local listener? Yeah, and it was sealed in an envelope, right? So there was no. You had no idea. No, and there would be some. Uh, there would be a representative with you in the in the studio would come in just for that, like from promotions department right. or marketing to authenticate. Absolutely, it. and and so I remember when Dallas gave that money away, I would have to be listening to the radio. It was unbelievable. I could, but I called her on the hotline, and I'm like, "You just gave away a million dollars," and she's like screaming and excited. We couldn't believe it. The 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 behind the scenes work though about something like that, um, because it had. To be proven that there was no funny business, there or, wasn't at yeah. all, and so I remember Dallas being interviewed for hours at a time, right? About you know, did you know this person? Um, yeah, all this you have to give all this paperwork and all that kind of which stuff. Which she didn't. It was completely no, random. Of course it was. Of course it was. But the insurance company wants to make sure before they stroke that check for a million dollars, absolutely, that there was not any any funny business. So I wonder if that person's still out there and listening. If you are, call us. Let us know. We would love to. How much of that million is still around? Yeah. Hear that story. It was a great story. 22 years later. So one of the, I think we should actually start with the canon because it sort of sets the room for where we're going here. What, you know, a lot of the contesting that we did, a lot of the sponsors of the contest that the two of us worked on were with Carl Black, GMC. Um, We could probably dedicate an entire podcast to Carl Black, but when Carl Black first started, they had one dealership on Barrett Parkway. Um, it's still there, but they have numerous dealerships now and in, in, in different states as well. Um, and as you know, we've said on a previous pod, the, Carl Black, there was a Carl Black. He owned the business. He was um, a gentleman named Carl Black who owned it. Um, Mike Bauscher was the GM at the time and was kind of Carl's right hand man. And Mike was as crazy and as passionate about um winning and being successful as as you and I were. And so it was kind of like gasoline 
poured onto a fire when the three of us were together because I had never, I had crazy ideas, but I had never met a client who was willing to even entertain these crazy ideas. And furthermore, who had the money to make them happen. And Mike was that kind of client. And we would meet the three of us every week at Roadhouse Grill on Barrett Parkway. Right across from the dealership. Right across from the dealership. They knew us so well that they actually put a plaque up in the booth for Mike Bowsher, that it was his booth. Only he could sit at that booth during lunchtime. And we would come up and conjure up the craziest ideas. And for the most part, Mike was like, let's do it. You know, let's let's get going. And at the time, the automotive industry in Atlanta was much, um, much smaller and more local. They weren't owned by, you know, big conglomerates who owned, you know, massive amounts of dealerships. It was really kind of a local group of guys. Landmark, you know, we did a lot of business with Landmark Dodge and Carl Black. And then Carl Black's nemesis was kind of Tom Jumper at the time. If you remember Tom Jumper Chevrolet, there was a location on Barrett Parkway right beside Carl Black. And then there was one on Roswell Road. And Mike was always, you know, what can we do just to get under their skin, get under their skin? So for a while, we changed the radio commercials to say, make the jump, you know, to Carl I think about serving with papers. I don't know. And it was just such a, it seems so silly now, but it was just three people just trying to like. Enjoying some. Poke a bear, you know. Honey, honey bun rolls. <laughs> and, and then. some tips. So then when, yep. So then one day we, (laughs) we said, Mike, Mike was really, you know, just, they had, they were all under his skin and he's like, what could we do? Like, what would get their attention? What would, it was really more what would piss them off, you know? And we were just jokingly, you and I, like, I don't know, maybe if you're so mad at him, like fire a cannon at him. And he was like, that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. So we got a cannon. I'm not quite sure where. Potentially from Kennesaw Battlefield. Like the Kennesaw Mountain reenactment people. Something. something. Yeah, they came out. And so it was tied into a musket. Yeah, it was tied into a radio remote. And of course, anytime we did a radio remote with either Y106, Eagle, Kicks, we would have a a full on five piece country band in the parking lot playing country hits. We'd be barbecuing. I mean, it was just a really old fashioned party. Good time. And so we had one of those, and Mike. I had someone out there that <laughs> fired this cannon. Every time a truck was sold. Every time a truck was sold that day, he would fire a cannon. And the people beside him at Tom Jumper were so mad. But what ended up happening was the reverberations were so strong from the cannon that it broke windows at Rooms to Go. Across Bear Parkway. Across Over Park. near Roadhouse. <laughs> exactly. Next door to Roadhouse, if I recall. So he had to like cut a check to replace some of their windows, but didn't miss but a But it was beat. worth it. He didn't oh, care because he knew it got under Tom Jumper's skin. And every time he would fire that cannon, he was like giddy. He and was it like, wasn't just for that Saturday. They continued this oh, for yeah. weeks. <laughs> I think until they got a Every time they sold a truck, they would fire a cannon on Bear Parkway. And he was just giddy. It was like a, a, a little boy, like a nine-year-old boy that had just gotten like a pellet gun or something, you know? Hilarious. All right. 285 Roulette was a contest that we came up with where we gave away a truck to a person who had been assigned an exit on 285. If you're not in Atlanta, I-285 goes around the city. It's a circle. So we would get on a double-decker bus at, we were at the time, probably Windy Hill Road. So we did it twice. The first one was, again, sponsored by Carl Black, and we got on a double-decker, an old-timey 
double-decker bus that I will tell you the engine was shaking when we were driving. So we, again, yes, we had assigned all the, this was a Y106 contest. It was when you were on Y106. We had assigned each um, exit. Each, each exit. And so. To, to a winner. That's right. And we were going to. Who was on the bus. Uh, right. And so they all had their exit number. They were holding it on a piece of paper. You may have been Bolton Road. Right. And every time. <laughs> it was 106 minutes. Every time it came up on Bolton Road, you, the person would be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But the yeah. rule was, if you pass the exit, even attend, and, and, and the rules for this were, were pretty buttoned down. They because, were. Because, I mean, I recall even a rule that past your exit meant the on-ramp right. had ended or something. And it didn't matter if there was an accident, if we got pulled over, if we, I mean, we had all of these sc- scenarios. It didn't matter. The 106 related to the frequency of the radio station, which was Y106. So we drove 106 minutes. It was insanity. These people are yelling on the bus. And I mean, I don't even, I don't remember where we ended up. I really don't. I think, but I think we ended up somewhere like, but we halfway, you know, away from the station, but we had to just keep driving. And it was like, so then we had to keep driving another circle. And this, I will tell you, the double-decker bus was not speedy. I mean, people were honking at us. A couple of times he'd get in the middle lane and not the right lane. (laughs) It was insanity. Somebody won. Someone won. A brand new GMC truck. Yeah. So years later, we did it again. And we improvised a little bit. We didn't have the double-decker bus, but the same setup was you you qualified to win your exit on the air so i let's say there's there's 30 exits on 285 you and this was 30, on kicks at the time right we moved it to kicks because i was working at kicks at the time and right. so there was you know, we'll say 30 people that had an exit we didn't have the 30 people with us we kind of scaled it down for round two and what happened was it was dallas and it was myself and it was caitlin henderson who at the time was the morning show social media director and caitlin is now at 680 The Fan. Love Caitlin. Doing all of their social. But Caitlin started out as an intern of mine. and um, She's like a human unicorn. It was the three of us in my truck. And it was whoever's exit that we wound up closest to without going over won my truck. Theoretically, yes, your truck. And it was... You filmed it. It was live on Facebook. Certain times. So, yeah. Certain times. There were certain <laughs> things we could put on Facebook live. Right. Uh, but every now and then we go live on Facebook and we wound up going, um, because unlike a double decker bus, my, my truck would roll. You were you know? well, and we know you're a fast driver. We've learned that. And so I think we'd been around 285. We, we passed like 485, which is where we started for round two, probably three and a half times. And oh I've said gosh. to them, we're all just, we're out of funions. <laughs> we're starting to spoil a little bit. You know, we've been up since three. Well, um, you're driving. I I'm mean, driving in circles around 285. And so, I mean, at one point I have like my left leg out of the window, <laughs> you know. And so I said to Dallas, huh? I said to Dallas, what are we going to do about this? I'm ready to go home and get a nap. So Dallas's husband at the time, Tim Nash, owned a Chevy dealership. Or had owned, no, at the time he didn't. But Tim Nash owned a Chevy dealership. Anyway, I said, reach out to Tim. It just seemed like Let's it was going Tim. so long. It was. It was. It didn't seem like it was going yeah. too long. And so I said, reach out. Get, get Tim on the phone. I said, Tim, here's the deal's caddy. I said, how do we move some gas? Because it was, my truck had to run out of gas in the closest exit we were to. Right. Won the truck. And it was not going down. No, it was not. And so Tim said, what you need to do is hit your pulling a trailer button hitch thing on your <laughs> steering wheel your turn signal yeah. column and that gas gauge. Whoosh, whoosh, <laughs> and we did. 
Yeah. And that gas gauge went. Whoosh, yeah. And we were done for the day after about four laps. But, but I mean, it was like you had gone, but the contest had gone. We had gone I remember Even this. the listeners were getting like. Fatigue. Yeah, yeah, they were. Imagine being in my truck. Because and I don't Dallas think you realized smoke. how. I smoked at the time. Dallas wouldn't. <laughs> Dallas and Caitlin wouldn't. I'm thinking about this now. Dallas and Caitlin wouldn't let me smoke. Well, thank and God I for wanted them. to pull over every few exits to smoke me a cigarette. And they're like, no, we're not doing that. And we wound up, I know with version two, we wound up near Greenbrier Mall. Yeah. Is where I ran out of gas, which is not the best place. And the rules are very specific. As soon as you, because we didn't have an insurance policy, I think. Or Once the thing came on that said you're, you need to get gas. You had, right. When you, your low fuel light hit, you had to immediately start recording. Right. Caitlin, that's what Caitlin was for, for entertainment and friendship and conversation. But also she was doing the social media, but right. her, her main purpose was, as soon as the low fuel light in my truck hit, she had to start filming immediately to show where we were exactly. Right. And well, even take like GPS screenshots of where my truck was. It was very specific. Well, and it didn't really d- do anything with the contest because the thing about it was nobody had factored in how big your gas tank was. No one had done that. And it was like, even the listen. I mean, really, the listeners were like starting to write in like, how, I mean, could this go on? Because you honestly could have ended up driving through like rush hour. We didn't know how long it was going to At go. the end of the day. We, did, we had no idea. No one had done the math on that. Right. And we started late too, for some reason. I think because they were still trying to wrap up the rules. We didn't get on 285 until like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And we were approaching afternoon rush hour. Yeah. You know, after about, we, I think we wrote probably three, I think three hours, three and a half, yeah. four hours. Oh, I was going to say three times around. You went around a lot. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, but someone won uh, two trucks with two rounds of 285 roulette. You know, and then there were always, we always get questions too um, about live on the lots at Carl Black's. Like, Carl Black, how did that start? Um, because there was, I mean, good heavens, from, from Florida Georgia Line to, Jason Aldean to Luke Bryan. There have been some amazing live on the lots out there. And the way those really started was with Bobby Labonte, NASCAR driver. Um, he had a relationship with Pontiac, who obviously Carl Black at the time was a GMC Pontiac dealer. And so we brought Bobby Labonte in um, to, and at the time, Y106, where you were on, was the NASCAR station. We broadcast all the NASCAR races. So there was a great tie in there. But we brought Bobby Labonte into a dealership, into the dealership, and had him sign autographs. And the line was wrapped out onto Barrett Parkway. We had to have the police come and assist us. And after we did that, we all kind of put our heads together and said, hmm, if we can do that with a NASCAR driver, why can't we do that with a recording artist? Well, the short answer was you have to have a relationship with a recording artist. So... There was um, a dear friend of ours named Melanie Wilson who worked at the radio station, who was our national sales director. She handled all the national accounts. And she moved to Nashville, and we put her in touch with Carl Black, and she basically started and ran the artist program um, and did an amazing job with that, working with the record labels and started to secure artists to come down. Luke Bryan was one of the very first artists. He was. That, you know, did a live on the lot. And remember, those were incredibly successful. In Florida, Georgia Line, I remember it had 10,000 plus people. Oh, they had gosh. to shut down Barrett Parkway. But I yeah. remember in the early days of Bobby Labonte, you know, he drove for Pontiac. And it was Carl Black, Pontiac, Buick, GMC. Back then it was PBG, Pontiac, right. Buick, GMC. And Bobby Labonte would fly in from Charlotte or wherever he yes. lived into McCollum 
yeah. airport in, in Kennesaw. He you know, landed, maybe but he landed on the lot a couple of times. In a helicopter. Yes. I forgot about that. He did. Made me very nervous because there were so, and there are so many power lines on Barrett Parkway. It was a little scary. But yeah, he would come in and land on the lot. Let me tell you something. Bobby Labonte was a good looking man. Okay. Oh, yeah. And his little racing suit. I thought he wouldn't wear his racing suit to the dealership. Well, in, like in a, my mind, he was. Okay. All right. Remember Country Fair mm. for years and years and years. This was the, the, the staple festival for the country stations back at the time. And we laugh about this story, about Country Fair. There was a 10-day run, which was about nine and a half days too long. Right. At the Georgia <laughs> International Horse Park in Conyers. Yes. I couldn't even begin to tell you the year. Yeah, it was probably early 2000s. I think it was the 90s, okay, end of the 90s. 90s. Okay. Yeah. So, country fair, every night there'd be country artists that performed, and we had a wrestling, like a Grand Ole Opry wrestling night or yeah. something. And we had a rodeo that I had spon- had one sponsor. Country fair was really the brainchild of RGM at the time, Victor Sansone. He had done it in at his stations in Dallas and had brought it to Atlanta. And it, you know, it was every year for many years. Even up until you left, there were different, you know, versions of it. But there was a period, and I really don't know why, we had joined forces with the country, that the Conyers Country Fair. They were doing a 10-day a fair out there. It was like an amusement park. Yeah. Or an amusement, uh, when the, the fair. A when fair. The fair comes, the big Steel. Big Steel, as, as Victor we, called it. Yes, the big, the big rides. <laughs> They're moving in the Big Steel today. And so we, we partnered with them. And so Country Fair became... For this particular, for these years, I don't remember how many years we were in Conyers of the Horse Park, but it was a combination of you had rides like a fair, but then we also brought the country element with the concerts and cars and sponsors. All that kind of stuff. And, One yeah. year, there was a club in Gainesville, and we talked about the Wild Horse, not Wild Bills, which is in Gwinnett or wasn't Gwinnett. This was the Wild Horse Saloon yes. in Gainesville. And Jay Grover, if you're listening, you're going to remember this story. And they were sponsors of Country Fair. And what they had done, Terry, the general manager. Terry Johnson. Terry had recreated the wild horse on site at the horse park. Yeah. we Look, saw, look, yeah. look like it. Look yeah. like the club at bars and margarita awesome. machines and frozen. Remember the frozen drinks? Yes. And the big machines that were going around and around and around. For, it was my account. We sold them basically a million. That's right. You had Carl Black. Yep. You had Wild Horse. You had Wild Bills. Nash Chevrolet. How much money were you making back then? I was print money. Nash Chevrolet. <sighs> now, and, you know, it was, yeah, it was a great time. But we had convinced Terry to basically build out. A mini Wild Horse. A mini club. A replica of a club so people could line dance and have yep. drinks and have fun. And and so one night, I remember. I had gone home and gone to bed, let the record show. One night, it was like a Wednesday, and things are a little slow, and everybody's out there, and I think maybe there were solo cups being passed around, and I said, you know, I said to Terry Johnson, the general manager of the, of, of the Wild Horse, I said, you know, Terry, what we ought to do? You know what make this Wednesday better? I said, we need to have us a wet t-shirt contest. Oh, my gosh. Now, that simply could not be pulled off in today's corporate world. Uh, no. <laughs> it probably should not have back in 99, but by no. God, I did. So, we announced, I said, I said, Terry, how much money do you have to put up for the first place winner? Terry, who's just a good old country boy and just is just a funny, funny guy. Love being around him. And I think the grand prize, the first place prize. Was, was 500 No, I think it was $1,000. Oh. Well, at this point, basically most everybody had left with the exception right. of the Conyers Police Department and staff of Kicks and Y106. And there were staff members, ladies, that were pushing themselves over each other to get to the sign-up sheet because they wanted that $1,000. Yeah. At one point on stage during... No. 
You're not going to out those people. <laughs> no. So Bill Gentry is there too. Yes. But and we're not. Bill's gonna... pouring the water. I yeah. Think. I didn't expect like pictures of water and white t-shirts. I, I, I didn't what, know all that. I just, well, they found some white t-shirts. I know they did. And, and, they, and they found like 10 pictures. Yeah. Then they filled them up with water. And so Bill Gentry and his band were the one. I was the MC. Of course. And uh, <laughs> story of my life. I'm always the MC. And uh, Bill and the band would stand behind the ladies and pour pitchers of water over them. Dallas and them then, down. And then they were very competitive. Yeah. Super competitive. Everybody wanted that $1,000. And so tops started coming off. Now, these were employees of the radio station, y'all. I'm so glad I was tucked in my bed. <laughs> It was a wild night. Sound at country asleep. Fair. Wild, wild night at country fair. Yeah, so, you're the ringleader. I was. That was my idea. And I got a donkey. I got a donkey. Remember, Terry Johnson brought me a donkey the next day to country fair. A mini donkey. A mini donkey. Yeah. And a motorcycle for Will, who had just been born. Right. I probably should have been home at sleep. Yeah, so you think? <laughs> <laughs> Rather than hosting the first and only Do you think? country fair what t-shirt contest Yeah. at the horse park conjure. So those are some, uh, some memories of promotions. Uh, through the years, and it's just uh, listen. You know, Donna, she, we 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 met at the radio station. We both worked at the country stations in Atlanta for you know forty forty five combined years, and uh, very much a part of our lives, and very much a part of our memories. And we love sharing those stories uh, with you. The supercharged virtual listing system with Tracy Cousineau and real estate expert advisors will get you up to eighteen percent more than traditional uh, real estate agents. The supercharged listing system simple and easy five-step process for home sellers videographer comes to your home captures professional photography and videography think of a 3d virtual reality tour 18 percent more equity than traditional agents the supercharged virtual system tracy kusino real estate expert advisors they are still uh selling listing moving homes they have not missed a beat during the pandemic um and 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 they're the, the go-to people they're also kind and big-hearted. Real estate expert advisors have partnered with Must Ministries to donate a portion of proceeds from every transaction back to Must Ministries Food Rapid Response. TracyCousineau.com, that's cousin, with an E-A-U, because you know she's going to sell your home. We wanted to spend some time answering questions that have been left via text and also voicemail on the podcast phone number, which is 770 247704646024 and we're going to start with uh just random voicemails and see what we get here um and if you send a text to that number include your name and city so that when we do this in future episodes of the podcast we can give you uh shout outs Hey, Caddy and Donna, it's Alex McDonald with Politech and Conyers. I'm loving the show. You guys are really uh, hitting your stride there. Here's my question. Now that you have the new show up and running, you have advertisers in place, and you're working for yourself, with this newfound independence, do you now feel that you're better off? Uh, I'll be tuning in every week. I really appreciate it. Keep it up, guys. Love you. Alex from Conyers. First of all, thank you, Alex, for listening and, and supporting us. I'll let you answer a little bit of that, and I will too, but what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a feeling that I, I don't know that I ever thought that I would have after working for 26 years here in Atlanta for some very, very good companies. Yeah. Very good companies and some very, very bad companies too. That's just the way it is. Anybody that works in corporate, you know, people people assume the radio is just fun and games, and it was. 
in the beginning, but it quickly became a business. Um, and, and I will say it was always, a, you know, it was always, a, even when we were having fun, when we joke about printing money, we really were because um, we just had a great group of clients and the clients were like family. And, you know, we were, um, we were doing great work for them. And just like we talked about just a minute ago, we were coming up with amazing ideas. I think it's very freeing to, um, I will say when the ratings come out, um, we don't always look at them, but when the ratings come out, I feel a great sense of relief. I used to feel a lot of anxiety around ratings for you um, because so much of it was out of your control, but it was kind of the only report card that someone could hold up to you to say whether you were doing a good job or not. And you were always doing an amazing, great job, but I think it would get inside your head. And I think it was sometimes hard to go, you know, go in and keep doing what you thought was great content or, 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 you know, to try to, to pivot and do something different because when those ratings came out, there's always a knee jerk reaction, you know, on, on how, how you're going to do the program from there. So it's very freeing to, you know, you're our kind of, you're our bosses now. Like, you know, if, if there's things we're doing that you like, we love to hear from it. If there's things that you're like, we're tired of hearing about that, tell us, you know, we're, we're, um, we're able to pivot quickly. It can also be scary working for yourself too. You and I have talked about this before because we've both been company people for our entire lives. Um, we did not grow up in families of entrepreneurs. I think when you grow up with parents who are entrepreneurs, you're more likely to become an entrepreneur. I hope our kids take away um, this time period that from us that you know, this second act has been very different than your first act, but they see us building it. And I think they're proud of us. You know, we, we're working very hard. Um, and I'm straddling the line between doing this and, and doing another job, but um, it's very fulfilling. And it's, it's good to know that the, we, 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 we say this to each other, the only people that can derail this is us because, you know, sponsors come and go. We have amazing sponsors. They've stayed with us since the beginning, but we know we're always going to have to be working hard and we're working hard to get people to want to keep listening and, and all of that good stuff. But it is very, I know for me, and I see it in you, it's very fulfilling to not have you get up at three forty-five in the morning, um, to not see you wrestle with things that are out of your control. You know, I had a, a listener of the podcast reach out to me and say, you know, at the end of every podcast, at the end of every podcast, who you, you say, show our sponsor some love. And she said, you know, listen, I want to show Tracy Cousineau some love, but I'm not selling my house anytime soon. Give her what a can referral. I, do? I said, that's it. I said, yeah. give, you know, tell your friends who maybe are selling their homes about Tracy Cousineau and yeah. real estate expert advisors. Or if you know someone who's been in a car accident, uh, you know, there's 1-800-911. If, if you know someone looking for furniture, you know, um, what's going to happen with college in the fall? Don't know right now. But if you have dorm rooms, if you kids, you're moving into the dorms, gallery furniture, Brownsburg, Drum, Gainesville. Um, the sponsors are so important to this podcast and we have a personal connection with each and every one of them. Uh, and I hope that that's always the case with sponsors of the podcast. Can't guarantee that, you know, there are a lot of different ways to do the podcast when it comes to sponsors and it comes to sales and we control all of that. We could, we've gone to a national rep firm. We could have, but we would have lost a lot of control because of my relationships that I had in Atlanta for 26 years doing terrestrial radio. We said, you know what, let's try to do it on our own. Yeah, we didn't want to charge listeners for content. You know, we didn't want to charge you a subscription fee. was a subscription model. And I, I, my content's always been free to you for 26 years. Why would I now say, listen, it's worth nine ninety nine a month. Don't you agree? 
And I think give me that, your card. Right. And I think that, <laughs> but I think that's also something that's important if you come across someone, because I've had many people say to me, well, I haven't subscribed yet. How much does it cost me? It does free. free, you know, so make sure if you're, that's how you can also help us is if you like the podcast, you know, and they don't have to live in Atlanta. They can live anywhere in the country. We have so many listeners all Din- across dinner the country. Dinner Fair ships. They ship anywhere in the country. That's right. DinnerFair.com. That's dinner AF. A-R-E.com. <laughs> thank you for your question. And uh, thank, thank you for Alex, your support. Yes. Um, text message, no name, that was sent to our uh, number, 770-464-6024. Hey, Caddy and Donna, I've been curious for a while how it gets decided to change co-hosts, especially in a morning show. Example, change from Kristen to Dallas, then add Tug, Tug left, then CJ and Allie Mack, then CJ left, then Corey. How was it decided to change the host? And is the other host involved in that decision process? Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be brutally honest with this question and reveal some things that I've never revealed before. There are times when I was aware of what was going on. Doesn't mean I had a vote by any means, but for whatever the reason, there's a, a, a list of reasons why I maybe needed to know that a change was coming. With Kristen Gates, who I still say is maybe the most talented female radio personality in Atlanta. And I'll always say that about her. Absolutely. Kristen is funny. She's quick. She's relatable. She's relatable more than any other radio personality in this market. I love listening to her. When Kristen was let go, and, and on that particular day, there were uh, over a dozen Citadel yeah. then employees that were let go, let yeah. go on that same day. They called it the Labor Day Massacre? Was Black it Labor? Friday, I think Black it was. Friday, Black yeah. Friday, let go massacre, whatever it was. I had no idea. I've said before, and I think it's unfortunate. Uh, Kristen still thinks to this day that I had an idea that she was getting fired. I didn't. If I and here's a question I always say to myself: If I knew what I tell you, and that could be the case in any business in any industry. If you know a coworker is getting ready to get let go, do you tell them? What's the benefit of you telling them? Yeah. And uh, with Kristen, I did not know. I had no idea. Not to say I would have told her. Yeah, because you never know because it could change. You know, in between the time you find out that someone's going to get let go, it could change and they're not going to get let go. Or The Dallas tug in, tug out. Um, that was always, there was a period during the morning show when management was afraid that Tug and I had become too close and had kind of made it the Caddy and Tug show. And that it was a little too inside. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, 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 I'm big enough to admit these notes that we got from management sure. back in the year. That may have happened. If it did, it was subconscious. You know, Tug and I to this, I talked to him last night about a question we have coming up uh, in this episode from a, from a text message because I'd forgotten about something. And I reached out to him. Tug remains my closest friend of the world right now. Always has. Um, and so maybe that did happen. And so Tug was in and Tug was out. CJ and Allie Mack, that whole experiment um. So you had come back after your heart attack. Yes, and that's right. And CJ and Allie had been filling in while I was out. Right, and and originally it was you and Dallas in mornings, and then Allie was doing midday, and CJ was doing afternoons. And the thought process behind it was at the time Scott Lindy was the program director, brilliant programmer, um, and you had a great relationship with Lindy and learned a lot from him. But his feeling was, and he had done it before, I believe, in another market. Oh, I think he even here at Star. Yeah. When he was program director there. And his thought process was to get all your horses mm. in one day part. Yeah. 
And so, but the problem with that was that you, the three of you had spent little to no time together. And it was very hard. The thing that people have to understand about Dallas is we're talking going back to why 106 days you guys work together. So there was, there was so much history. There was, there were good times. There were bad times. There were, I mean, there was a lot of history. There was a lot of water under the bridge. You guys got along very well. So it was going to be hard to beat that history. The, the feeling with management was that that history had gone as far as it could go and that they needed some, I don't want to say new blood. It wasn't about an age thing, but it just sort of a new fresh take on it. And you coming back from your heart attack, you had just resigned another contract that, you know, maybe it would be more of kind of like a, you know, a zoo crew. When I say that atmosphere, it's, it's any kind of morning show where there are multiple mics, you know, think of the Burt show. Um, which kicks really never through the years had had. It was always two hosts or or three or you three at the most. Jim and Deborah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so Lindy's thought was that that would happen. The problem was there was not a lot of chemistry there. There was none. It was like it was like the real world. Three strangers. Where they throw three strangers in a studio and expect there to be magic. And the problem with Atlanta <laughs> listeners and and radio listeners in general is they don't give you a lot of time to ramp up. People do not give you much time. They they want to see instant chemistry, camaraderie and management wants to see instant results. Um, I can't tell you how many times people have cracked mics and people have, I've, I've gone and watched comments on day one and it's like, hold on. I mean, these people just started, but you know, you, you want this part of morning drive is you, you, when you're driving to work, you want this familiarity. You want to feel like the person who's talking to you relates to you, is your friend, understands you. It was a tough period for me too, because I think that CJ had done mornings before he got to Atlanta. He came from Memphis, if I recall. Yeah. And he's now doing very well in Nashville. He is. Um, CJ had done mornings and when he came to kicks, he was assigned afternoons. And I think in CJ's mind, that was a step down. Right. Because it technically, it, it, when you look it at can the, be viewed that way, well, it, it should be. It's at mornings rules, and then it's afternoons, and then it's middays, and then nights. And nights really don't exist anymore in radio. CJ really wanted the morning job. He yeah. wanted the morning show. Sometimes morning people go to afternoons after they're kind of done with mornings. His was the exact opposite. He was very young. He had the same initials as you. We've got Cadillac Jack and CJ. And I think also in the listener's mind, it was almost instead of you you guys having camaraderie, it was this competitiveness. Almost like when you were in afternoons and Moby was in the mornings that, you know, is this guy coming in to take your place? Is this happening live on air? And you had this very fervent group of supporters. I mean, you're the people who've listened to you, your listeners, they're amazing. They're like family. We love them. And I think they all kind of had their antennas and, you know, up like, okay, is this what's going on here? You know, is this guy coming in to take over mornings? Are you going to go to afternoons? And it just didn't work. And I remember one day, it was a morning show boot camp, which think Amway convention for radio people. And it happened to be in Atlanta at the Hyatt Buckhead. And I remember CJ came up to me. We were all down there after the show. Everybody went down to do, you know, the lectures and the the sessions and all that kind of stuff. And I remember CJ came up to me and I remember sitting in the lobby at the the, the, the Hyatt, Grand Hyatt Buckhead. And we were sitting down and he looked at me and he said, do you want me to go? And I said, CJ, that's not up to me. That's not a decision that I can make. And this goes back to the original question in the text message. Do you get a vote? And it depends on the situation. 
I didn't get a vote with this one, but I said, CJ, I just don't think it's working. And it was nothing personal. It was not at all. But you, you had done it so long that you could tell if it was going to work or not. So CJ wound up in Nashville. He's there now growing, Mm -hmm. growing his family and beautiful kids and, and, and wife and nothing against CJ at all. Super talented guy deserves everything that he's got. Um, Allie Mack, I enjoyed working with all awful lot. I loved you. And I have to say, and I've said this a lot, I loved you and Allie together. Um, I felt really bad when Allie let go because there again, I think what happens is a lot of times the person who's getting let go thinks the other person was in on it. And that was not the case. Not the case at, at all. all. And the fact it, it was actually it was, the opposite. It was the opposite. And this is something I never shared before either. Um, I have... I found a text message, and it's the oldest text message in my phone, but I've kept it for a reason. January 15th, 2019, 1.15 p.m., a text to Allie that I never received a response from. I would like to reach out and talk when you feel like it. It sucks, I'm sure, but I want to make sure you get this message. You are talented as hell, have great ideas, and are a multitasking monster, and I have enjoyed spending two years with you. Allie thought that I had something to do with her demise, and it's the opposite. Had it been up to management, Allie Mack would have been let go. And I've never spoken to this before. Allie would have been let go six to six months to a year earlier. Right. They wanted her out. It was a management thing. They wanted her out. Al- Allie was super talented. Allie came from a very small market. And I think that Allie would tell you that, that she learned a lot from me in two years. And I'll tell you, I learned a lot from Allie. Absolutely. In two years. Management wanted her out. For whatever reason, right. And, and I kept, and I said to them, not now. We're getting there. We're yeah, working there's on momentum. It. Yeah. There's momentum. We saw yeah. momentum in the ratings. Uh, I, we saw momentum with, with she and I, we came from two totally different Background. worlds, yeah, which is absolutely. what works. I had kids. I'm married. Allie single, no kids lives in Brookhaven's and Buckhead. I'm in the suburbs with the wife. So it, it was a great match. Allie's great much balance. younger than I. Yeah. And I kept saying to management, please don't do this. Please don't do this. We're making inroads. We're getting there. Well, as we spoke about a minute ago, often you don't have the time that you truly deserve in order to establish a relationship in life or a relationship in radio, which is truly a relationship, if not like a marriage. Absolutely. And I said, no, let's not do it now. Let's not do it now. Um, The question, did I know? Probably so. Of course I did. Yeah. Um, did I let Allie? No, I didn't because I think that that can also change the dynamic. It can. And like it's I also said, not my place. It's not your place and things can change at any point. But, um, I, I said to you, it was interesting after, after Allie was let go, you and I talked about it and for so long you in afternoons, you were a solo jock, you did things by yourself. And then for so long, you were with Dallas in the morning. And then once the change after you signed that contract came back from your heart attack, once those changes started happening one after the other, there was a change for you too, because the perception started to become whether it was valid or not, that you were difficult to work with. Because the only thing listeners saw is this rotating cast of of characters coming in and out. And, you know, I would even see some comments where people would say, it must be him. He must be difficult to work with. And, you know, everyone had forgotten that you had had a su- an incredibly successful run with Dallas and by yourself up until then. And, and, we're, and we're really gaining momentum. Had a great run with Kristen, you know, um, had a great run with Allie. But so much of it was out of your control. And I know for a fact whether you realize it or not, that was the moment in my mind that I thought, 
this is not going to probably end well in the long term. Either you're going to say at your next contract, which you used to say to me, I'm done. Or at some point, something's going to happen on the other side where they're going to say, you're, you're done because they had run out of places to let people go. The, the natural spot to end up with was going to be you because they had run all of the co-hosts through, you know, and then you finally get to the point of, is it him? Is he the problem? They were just making changes to make changes. You know, they'd go left, they'd go right, they'd go up, they'd go down. They didn't know what they were doing. You know, up until recently, no research project had been done. They had no real answers. They had had probably three different program directors in there who could not fix, in air quotes, kicks. You know, so I just remember thinking like, this is not going to end well because it was sort of coming after your heritage. And it was not the way you wanted to end. You had had a great and have had a great radio career. And it was kind of like you were becoming the fall guy for everything that was going wrong with kicks. You know, there was only one time in my career at kicks when they said, who do you want? And it was with Corey, who was my final right. partner in the morning show. And Corey is, is still there doing right. middays from, from 10 to three. Uh, Corey was in Tampa. At the time, uh, I know that we flew somebody in from Vegas that I that I visited with one day in Atlanta. Uh, I think that it, we had five female co-hosts and somebody said to me, who's your number one? And if you remember, oh, my gosh, I'm going to tell this story. If you remember, I said to our market manager, my number one choice is my wife, Donna Choate. Yeah, at the time that we were like, I'm okay. on radio. But but it, it was important, though, and look at us now. It was important, though, that they know that there have been discussions in the past about us doing a morning show. Right. And it would have worked. It right. would have worked. But they weren't going to let that happen. So every time I, you know, who's your number one pick? You know, I would always have to say, my number one pick is Donna. Well, that's not going to happen. Okay, but no, that's my number one pick. Right. Corey. Super talented. Uh, Just a pro. My gosh. I mean, television, social media, uh, just like uh, Allie Mack, a multitasking monster. And management started coming after her day one. As soon as she got here. And that's because she was my pick. That's right. She was my pick. And so management didn't like her the day. Well, they didn't want it to day work. One. Of course they didn't because they didn't, they want, didn't to want to run me off. And ultimately they did. They've been wanting to run me off for about a year. And, and and so Corey, to this day, remains a very, very good friend of mine and a good friend of the family. And we talk every now and then. We'll meet, you know, pre-COVID. We would, you know, go grab a bite to eat. and, and Very and, talented. And visit. Super talented. So um, in my career, there was one time when I was able to pick my co-host. And I picked Corey over a couple of other uh, female personalities from out of Atlanta. I don't, I don't recall us interviewing anybody in Atlanta. There were a lot. I think there were 300 different people that applied for the job. Because it was posted, it was a known fact that we were looking that Allie had been released and that we were looking for my next. And this 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 co-host. paradigm is true. Whatever oh. station you work, you listen to. It could be you listening to Star ninety four. It could be listening to the Burt Show. Whatever um, you know, listeners fall in love with duos and groups of people, and then things happen. You know, someone comes in and wants too much money on a contract. Things don't work out. Shows have to cut budgets and they can't have four people. They can only have two. So um, 99.9% of the time, it's someone in management making these decisions. You have questions about the best ways to stay healthy 
You also want the latest information about COVID-19, and you want it all from the safety of your own home. Learn all about telemedicine so you can visit with a health care provider virtually. Learn all about health services like urgent care, primary care, and the largest trauma and emergency network in the state. Wellstar.org forward slash COVID-19 to find updates, tools, and resources to help you stay safe and to help you stay healthy. Wellstar.org forward slash COVID-19. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. Gallery Furniture, Browns, Bridge Road, and Gainesville, three-piece queen bed, mirror, and dress, uh, dresser for $6.99 recliner, some $2.99, tons of bedding options. Gallery Furniture, a local small business for decades here in the North Georgia area, family-owned showroom has reopened. Ask for the Wolfman.com online, but you can now visit the showroom as it has reopened at Gallery Furniture. Oak, butterfly, leaf, table, and six chairs for $4.99. Doesn't matter what you're looking for. You're going to find it at Gallery Furniture. Master bedroom, a sofa for your living room. So many brands, so many styles, and they offer you financing too. Gallery Furniture, Browns Bridge Road in Gainesville. Answering texts that you have sent to us via the phone number and also voicemails via the phone number that we have for the show, 770-464-6024, 770 770- Four six four six zero two four. Hey, Cadillac Jack and Donna. This is Shelby from Athens, and I have two questions. The first one is, will y'all be getting out into the community to meet and greet people? And second of all, will you have merchandise as a promotional giveaway or anything to, to buy, like T-shirts and whatnot? Thanks. Bye. Shelby, a big supporter of the podcast in Athens. Oh, we appreciate it. You know, prior to COVID-19, we had grand plans about... Doing a tour, a worldwide tour. Uh, throughout, just to uh, thank people for joining me for my second act, and then that all got sidetracked, as did the swag. We had a, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're so grateful for the partnership that we have with the Appen Media Group. And Hans Appen and his uh, much younger brother, Carl, um, we were working on a store for the podcast before COVID-19 hit, then we suddenly said, you know what? Let's put the store on hold and let's focus on the hometown heroes. Yeah, let's do some things for and some people. And let's do free T-shirts yeah. for hometown heroes as opposed to shilling, shilling swag right. for the podcast. It just didn't feel right. So that's uh, it's already built. The store is already built. And we know the merchandise that's going to go in. It's, it's not an awful lot. There's maybe six different items. We're not doing candles and journals and <laughs> big pins and things like that. It's basically a long sleeve T-shirt, a short sleeve T-shirt, a hoodie. and um, Baseball cap. Baseball cap. And that's going to be it. But yes, uh, we're going to probably launch that maybe July. Yeah. At some point. And as far as the meet and greet. As soon as the world opens back up. We are ready. Yeah. And we want to get out there and meet you and, and, and thank you for your support of the podcast. But also, you know, if you have something going on, it'd probably have to be a small event right now. But let us know. You know, we may just swing by. Like we're, a drive-by birthday parade. Yeah. I mean, we've done two. And, and they were friends of ours. But also, you know, if, the, if you have something going on and please reach out to us because the one thing that we really love doing with this podcast is meeting people who listen and who we're just so, so, so thankful. And um, we're able to do this in a way that you weren't able to do in radio. We don't have to fire up a van. We don't have to get approval. We can just get in your truck and drive out. So let us know. Jessica Woodstock sent a text. Hi, I think you should talk about the time you gave out Clay Walker's phone number. I've always been skeptical. This was a hoax. Would you like to clarify this? 
I called Tug Jessica because I, I knew there were a lot of things through the years that we did with Clay because Clay Walker always came to play. You know, there's a difference in an artist who just wants to talk about cut number nine. I wrote for my daughter's mother because I love her so much, you know, whatever. I, I, that doesn't interest me. And I don't think that interests listeners. And you can get those audio cuts anywhere in the world. I want to have fun with you. I want to play games and create storylines with, with artists. And Clay Walker was always, always in yeah, whatever, whatever caddy, um, you know, talking to Tug, I did not remember giving out Clay Walker's phone number. You know, Clay Walker played country fair maybe two or three times. I do, you know, Tug and I were laughing. I do remember when we stole his balls. Clay right. was playing Verizon at Kicks Country Fair, and part of his show was. Oh, he had those big balls. Those huge balls. That he would put out into the audience to. Were they like ones that you could hit? Yeah, around? oh, they're huge. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the end of the show, we saw them. They were packing up the staging and all that kind of stuff. This is like, you know, 11 30 midnight, and Tug and I were. You know, just wandering around being boys, and we decided to steal Clay Walker's balls, and we ran with them to my truck, and they were in the studio at Kicks forever. Um, the phone number thing here's I, I I cannot speak to the Clay Walker phone number thing. I'll say this though: we did have a a burner phone, yeah, on the show that had a six one five number, and we would occasionally give it out in a bit. Something that we created. Tug reminded me on the phone when I asked him about this. There was a time when he got audio from Blake Shelton, and it was basically Blake doing an outgoing phone message. It was, hey, this is Blake. You got my cell. You know, at the beep, leave me a message. So what Tug would do then is put that audio on the burner phone. Yeah, splice it in. And we would say, you know, you can call Blake Shelton now. Tell him what you really think about Caddy. 615, whatever, whatever. At the time, I don't know how we did it, but we got a 615 area code for this phone. So I cannot speak. There, there were, Jessica, listen, we threw some hoaxes. There's no, you know, we did the baby, uh, uh, the, the Toyota, mm. you know, when, when Heidi Newfield from Trick Pony thought that we'd given away a Toyota truck. She was in on the giveaway. But you she asked her to be a though. part of it. I know, but, but you asked her to be a part of it to the give wasn't the truck on the away. Listener. Yeah. The listener was a was a was a, a plant. Heidi Newfield had no idea the listener was in on this and and raising hell because he thought he was pretending that he thought he wanted a Toyota truck when we were just giving away a Toyota, a little like Toyota, Star Wars, yeah, Toyota. <laughs> and this plant, I forgot who it was. Starts going to Heidi, saying he's going to sue her, and all kinds of Heidi's like, "Listen, I didn't." I, I, I said, "Do you have the audio to that?" Because that was one of the funniest things. Because she was just trying to like get off the phone, like I, I'm not, I'm not a part of this. They just asked me to yeah, announce sir, the winner. Yeah. <laughs> she was just so innocent, just concerned she's getting her ass sued because she joined the morning show. So there were a lot. You know, we played, we played. I, I enjoyed doing jokes on the artist. I remember one time I edited Brad Paisley's Wikipedia page. I knew that we always work backwards, and you've heard me talk about this. So we knew that there was an artist coming on the show in a week, in seven days. It's like, okay, how can we make this memorable? And Brad and I have always had a great relationship. I was one of the first 10 members of his fan club, and we, to this day, joke about that. I've, I've quit paying my yearly fees. I guess I'm no longer on the scrolls. But you can edit someone's Wikipedia page. It was much easier to do five years ago. And I forgot. I know what it was. I was We posted that I was had scored a, a role in the show Nashville on TV, which his, his wife, wife yeah. was on, Kimberly Williams Paisley, and that I was going to play her love interest. And that there were scenes that had never been shown, but you know, this would be the first time scenes of this nature will ever be shown on network television. Dirty scenes. <laughs> so we had Brad on the show. And I said, hey, man, do you have your phone? 
He's like, yeah. I said, pull up your Wikipedia page. I want you to read something for me. And Brad, again, he has no idea what's going on. And we had changed his Wikipedia page like a day before. Oh, my gosh. And he starts to read it and is just laughing out loud because he thought he knew the trouble that we went to to do it. He got me back, though, with Mike McVeigh, who at the time was a senior vice president of Cumulus. And they were buddies, too. Yes. And I forgot what happened. I know I got a call on my cell phone from Mike McVeigh. I think he left you like this, like. Very, st- very stern, yes. serious, which, yes. which might be vague, was not. But I mean, if he, if the head of programming for Cumulus was calling, he was like, oh, no. So Brad got me back. Yeah. With that one. He's so, a good prankster. He is. Uh, let's see here. Hi, Caddy and Donna. I just finished listening to all the podcasts, and all I can say is I found my new best friend. Every show, I'm nodding my head in agreement with Donna and saying, amen. We have so much in common. Uh, my husband and I have lived in Milton for 27 years. Way before it was Milton, and it was still the country. We have three kids. Last one is a senior at Cambridge. Don't even get me started on all the senior stuff and banners. I've been saying for years that not every child wants a four-year college, and why is Gwinnett Tech looked at as grade 13? I have learned over the years that the parents are the ones in competition with each other and are driving the kids to stress out the same ones who ask about uh, and then the text cut off. Sorry, but it well, was teachers and what's going right, on. Right, and, and well, these are the same parents also who are on all Facebook right. groups and calling out, calling out different people. Yeah, and 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 this this text was sent after an episode talking about how our twenty year old son Will went to Coastal Georgia after he graduated high school right. two years ago, and it just didn't work out. Right, and he came back home. And he's happy as he can be right and now. And lives at the house with us and has a great full-time job. I've never seen him happier. I haven't. So there's, there's, you know, and as we're in this new world and college may not look the way it's supposed to look and graduation doesn't look the way it's supposed to look, today is Charlotte's eighth grade move-up ceremony and it's virtual. Um, I just encourage you as parents, I'm trying to do the same thing. The one thing I said to you today is, you know, they're filming the the event and we're going to watch it. And it's it's at a time that's I've got a lot going on. But what I'm not going to do is say, you know, we'll watch it later. Because if we were in the world that we were not in, I would be driving over to the school and we would be proud, you know, to watch it. So make it all count. Injured in an accident, call 1-800-HURT-911 to speak to an attorney immediately. You're going to be scheduled to come into one of the convenient locations and be treated with no out-of-pocket costs to you. Injured in a car accident, 1-800-HURT-911 can help top personal injury lawyers and doctors in Georgia. Over $100 million has been won. Free consultation. No win, no fee for you. 1-800-HURT-911. No charge to you unless we win your case. 1-800-HURT-911. That's the number. 1-800-HURT-911. 1-800-HURT-911. Laura Jessup introed the show today. Yeah, she's awesome. And met us in the parking lot here at the Appen Media Group before with we treats. came in to record today's episode with some 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 sweet treats. Because if you recall, I said in a couple episodes ago that Laura Jessup has been baking during the entire quarantine, and she always has her oven preheated. <laughs> Ready to roll. Um, so Laura is, first of all, Laura is a Canuck. She's Canadian. She's married to um, Jason. And they have two rescue dogs. They have a rescue bunny. They have twin teenage daughters. Like, just pray for this woman. I mean, really. Um, They're lovely girls. But anyone who has one teenage daughter, 
I mean, imagine having twin teenage daughters, um, Sarah and Emily, and they, they're amazing dancers. They dance for ADT. Laura, um, I met when I was working at Atlanta Magazine. She was working with, um, Laura owns a PR company, and she um, was working with fur kids at the time. And I tell this story in that she's one of my best friends now. And I think as sometimes as older men and women, you think it's really hard to meet friends. And I have a great group of friends. I've had them. I have people from high school friends, college friends, work days, you know, everything. But sometimes you close yourself off to new friends and you think, you know, I've got my circle and I'm good. I am so, so thankful that um, Laura and I met and, you know, we met later in life, but we are, she's one of my best friends. She's kind of part of who I call my girl gang. She is amazing from a business perspective to run ideas through her. She is the one who came up with the Spotify playlist. She, she told me um, in the beginning when we were talking about songs that we listened to, she said, you should create a Spotify playlist. So that is all Laura. She um, started, if you live around here, she was um, on the board and, and very instrumental in starting Rock for Rescues, which was the big fundraiser for all the different animal rescue organizations in um, North Fulton. And unfortunately, because of COVID, they've had to stop, you know, doing the actual concert and event. She works with Goga, the Goat Yogas. Huge supporter of Milton, huge supporter of the arts and any any animal charity, big coffee enthusiast and an amazing baker. But yes. appreciate her support so much. She has been just a great sounding board. So thank you, Laura. We have a small ask of you. Three things. If you are able, number one, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up on the podcast. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews for the pod. And number three, show our sponsors some love. And they include Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. Tracy Cousineau and Real Estate Expert Advisors. 1-800-HURT-911. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. And DinnerAffair.com. New episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Cadillac Jack, my second act. We are proud to be part of the App and Podcast Network. Podcast Network.